What's up, everyone? On our play for this week, Xbox Partner Preview gives us a real glimpse at Metal Gear Solid Delta Snake Eater. Is Alan Wake 2 the perfect horror game? Someone else is going to find out because, you know, I don't play horror games, but we're going to talk about it. <laughs> Sony is faced with waves of layoffs. It's terrible. We'll talk about that as well. Skull and Bones delayed yet again for the third or maybe fourth time. At this point, it's kind of hard to keep track. All that and more on Season 7, Episode 42 of Press X Start Gamers Digest. What's up, everyone? I'm your host, CJ, a.k.a. A.k.a. I put the wonder in Mario Wonder. I don't. I really don't. I am joined by... Sean M.F. Ross. <laughs> what does the MF stand for? I don't know this week. I don't know. I'm working no. out. Amen. That's life sometimes. Now you know who we are. Press I Start Gamers Digest is a video podcast that condensed the most important gaming news from this past week into an hour-long meal just for you. We are live on YouTube every Sunday at 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Hello, YouTube. Don't forget, you can support us by liking the video, subscribing to the channel, and hitting that notification bell. If you are listening, we'd greatly appreciate you leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts or a podcast service you are currently tuned in on. And if you want to join our conversations, you can by joining our Discord at pressx2start.com slash Discord. Do it. I'm waiting. Do it. Mm. All right. Now that you've done that, thank you. Let's jump into the gaming news. Number one, Alan Wake 2 reviews are in. The game is out, and it is apparently a very good but spooky time. Do you have any... Um, are you gonna, you gonna play this at all, Sean? Um, I haven't played the first. I don't even know if it's a prerequisite, but um, yeah, I'm interested. But because I've never played anything in the, I mean, I played Control, of course, but this is right in a different, you know, style of. I, so, I'm interested. I will say that. Right. Okay. So, f- from what I have heard so far from listening to this review, and it is a very very good horror experience, good Alan Wake experience to play because it is sitting at an 89 on Metacritic and a 90 on Open Critic. Mm-hmm. But um, from what I've heard, that you don't really need that much experience with Alan Wake One to jump into this. But okay. that you, since you've played Control, there are some Easter eggs and stuff that's going to be present in the game. That yeah, that will you know appeal to you because you you have that reference. Um, so yeah. 89 on Metacritic, 90 on Overcritic. This is another game of the year potential. It, will it be nominated for game of the year? I don't know, but I definitely think this is going to win some kind of award because I think the, um, the real star or the real thing, the real draw to this is that it blends, um, you know, Ball video realism. game graphics. Yeah. yeah. And then there's like, was it live, live action yeah. recordings or whatever? Yeah. So it's like, they mesh those two things really well. And I think the one of the things, one of the trailers we saw showed a little bit of that live action stuff. And it was very like, oh, this is really interesting. Like what's going next, on here? Next, I think actual that was, next gen stuff. Yeah, exactly. Like that was like... the 
the Alan Wake like section or whatever. So yeah, like this is looking really good. I think I want to say Jordan is going to play this. Mm. Um, he just finished Spider-Man 2, so this might be next on his list because I'm not sure what else is coming out this year that he is getting into other than like, you know, the Game Pass games because yeah. Game Pass is the greatest deal in video game history or whatever. Oh, Anyways. <laughs> All right, to go with this news, Alan Wake 2, New Game Plus, and DLC plans include what can only be a uh, control crossover. This comes from Rock, Paper, Shotgun. By way of... Who wrote this article? Let me look, let me look, let me look, let me look. Uh, Edwin, Ev- Edwin Evans? Evans Thruwell? That's a name right there. So yeah. There's going to be DLC for this, and there's going to be New Game Plus. So that's, that's great that they announced this stuff literally right after the game launches. So awesome. Uh, to go along with that, Spider-Man 2 needs a New Game Plus. It's not here yet. Kind of sucked after beating that game. It's like, well, I guess I'll just put this down until that happens. Um, yeah. Yeah, anything else about LMA 2? Nah, I'll probably just wait till it goes on sale or something. I don't know. I mean, I'm I'm yeah. I'm interested in checking out what it's like. It's got decent reviews. Uh, hopefully, it doesn't have tank controls like uh, mm. Resident Evil type stuff. But uh, yeah, I'll definitely give yeah. it a look. See, the controls are always a, a, a make or break a problem for me. Yeah, exactly. All right, number two, Xbox partner preview. Every announcement and trailer from our third-party partners comes from Xbox Wire by way of Michael Nielsen. So, Xbox had their what can only be described as a Xbox state of play. And it's interesting because earlier this year, we had the Xbox um, Developer Direct, which... Mm -hmm. At that point, we thought maybe this is kind of like a state of play, but then they have this other thing. So it seems like Xbox is just kind of trying out different styles of promoting their games, which I think is a good idea because at this point, yeah, yeah, they have they have they're going to have a ton of different games they're going to be managing. So it's like they need to figure out a way of promoting these games now. So it seems like that's what they're doing. So with this Xbox preview, a partner preview, they showed off. To everyone's surprise, Metal Gear Solid Delta Snake Eater. And I have the trailer right here. Give me a second, though. Yeah, so this was really interesting and not, I don't think anyone really saw this coming. Anyone really predicted this was going to be a thing, especially just because we have no experience with the partner preview, so we don't know exactly what to expect from this. Yeah. But yeah, so when this showed up, it was very much so like, oh, wait a minute. Should we actually take this thing serious now? What you got here? Really cool. Right. So here we get to see, you know, real like concrete footage of Metal Gear Solid. I'm going to say Snake Eater. This whole Delta thing is just kind of dumb to me. So yeah, it looks interesting. I say interesting because a lot of people started to complain that this doesn't really give off the same vibe as the original snake eater did in terms of it was very much so like yellowish green tint to it like you felt like you were in the woods kind of and like you couldn't everything was kind of murky to look at it kind of looked like the um, 
<laughs> like like Breath of the Wild, Tears of the Kingdom. It had that kind of like like fog or like haze to it. So looking at this trailer, it's a little different now because everything is a lot clearer. But again, you know, this is a hopefully 4K visual game and so on and so forth. So they don't really need that murkiness that they had to insert into the original to. But then you'll lose as they said, uh, I don't know if you're going to go into that. It loses the aesthetic sometimes when yes. they make things so yeah. sterile looking. Yeah, I, I totally agree. Like it, it is one of those things where even though that artistic style was put in to save whatever processing power, that is something that we all came accustomed to when we first played the game. So to look back at that and be like, oh, they're bringing this back. That's what you're going to think of. Like you're going to think of that kind of murky look. You're going to have you're you're going to have that basic like idea in your head of what you think Metal Gear Solid Snake Eater should look like. And then when they show this, it doesn't really look like that. And you're just kind of like, oh, this feels very like bland in a way. So I don't know. We'll see. I, I think it was a very interesting showing. Like it, I, I think it it was a cool thing done by Xbox, even though you know fans interpret it differently yeah i mean um yeah yeah, so there was a couple you just don't want to get rid of the dink yeah right (laughs) so yeah um they also showed alan wake 2 um this was actually i don't know they showed the trailer which was cool and then they showed some gameplay of saga in a house actually you know i am going to show it because it was it was really interesting so go ahead and uh, go ahead and uh, vamp for me while I'm while I'm pulling this up. Um, I only caught a little bit of the part in the preview just because I was working and like, eh, eh. What what are, what are they gonna know? Um, I mean that makes sense though because you, you don't really have an idea of like. I don't know how I don't know how excited to get about this. Right, we're not, we're, not we're no longer in the summer yeah. game, so you know. Yeah, and I don't think they announced anything that was a uh, brand new, right? Yeah, no, there that, there was nothing. Unless, well, there was a there was a new details to the like a dragon infinite wealth stuff, but yeah. other than that, there wasn't any like new game that at least was triple A or double A or whatever. You so, mean, uh, uh, like yes. like an Animal Crossing dragon? Yes, <laughs> we're gonna talk about that next because that is awesome. But um, yeah, so this is Alan Wake 2 that I'm showing. Uh, at the end of this, uh, this game looks mm-hmm. gorgeous. It like they, uh, they did an excellent job with the, the visuals and the fidelity of this game. Um, at the end, they, they show um, a snippet of combat with Saga fighting some weird, like, mm-hmm. water lady something. But... Um, <laughs> My problem with that, actually, let me just, I'm just gonna go ahead and jump to it. My problem with that is, oh, it's not gonna show. Yeah, okay, everyone, this trailer's not gonna show it. But um, the my problem with that is that the same problem that I have with like Resident Evil, where when you're fighting stuff, it feels bullet spongy, mm-hmm. and it's like when I watch the trailer or when I watch that gameplay section, she shot the thing with like. I think a total of like 10 bullets, like four shotgun shells, and then six pistol bullets, whatever. 
and it, it didn't even phase or kill the thing. It was just like, okay, like that's that's where I bump up with like, okay, well, this is supposed to be a horror game. Like you're supposed to be like, oh no, like I'm running out of ammo. And the way they do that by making these enemies like a lot harder or uh, I mean, would you say that though when it's like sure you could shoot Jason or Freddy Krueger and you know I'm sure they're bullet sponges as well. Yeah. Which I I get, I get. And I think this is this is more of a issue on my side than a critique of the actual genre. Because like I understand like that is the point of it is like you're supposed to feel like not powerful in these situations. Like you are just trying to survive. So yeah. I get it. I get it. But um Yes, the 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 last thing that I wanted to uh, talk about is give me a second. Pasting the link right now. Peter is doing the loading thing. It is. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Where is it? Yes. So, like a dragon, infinite wealth. Animal Crossing. I don't. I don't know what the actual thing is. Yeah, but yeah, I don't know. Uh, yeah, I'll just okay. Uh, yeah, so this is a feature within Like a Dragon, and that game just continues to just astound me in terms of what they allow you to do in the one game that you buy. And I think oh, oh the games are always jam packed with different mini games. Every single one. Yeah, it it feels like they are setting up the game to be like you buy this one game and you don't have to buy anything else because we have all the other games in this game <laughs> i mean so shit. i mean most of them have like cabaret management they have mm -hmm. uh darts poker uh blackjack pool of uh, i think the first one you're you're doing a real estate management uh, one of them had like a racing game in it. Like they always jam packed their games with a lot of content. Yeah, man, it, it's it's insane. So yeah, as you see in here, like you are collecting supplies, you're collecting resources, you're fishing, you are you know putting your furniture into your homes. Like you're just doing everything. So essentially, this is Animal Crossing built into like a dragon, which. I don't think anyone really expected. I don't think anyone would have guessed that this would be a thing that you could do in Infinite Wealth, but yeah. this is a thing you can do in Infinite Wealth now. But that's awesome. Um, yeah. So those were pretty much the big hits of the Xbox Partner Preview. They had some other stuff, but it was a little bit like, you know, lesser. Uh, they had a trailer for Still Wakes the Deep, which is the... It's like the walking sim kind of horror game where you're like in a oil tanker and things are just happening you're not sure i think this is the game where there might be reference to cthulhu or something like that i don't know mm. um they had manor lords which looks like a age of empire kind of thing um yeah and then they have some other games but yeah that's that's pretty much it um let's jump to the next thing. number three Baldur's Gate 3 caused a 40% rise in digital revenue for Hasbro. This comes from The Gamer by way of kind of Joshua kind of bonkers. What? Robertson. Yeah. So this is serious, and I think this is kind of the 
part two to our conversation looking at the um, Sarkana re- report from last episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Baldur's Gate 3 just was nowhere to be seen in that list. And it was kind of a you know weird thing to see because it's like, oh, well, I thought this game was popular by a lot of people. So like, how come it's not in the list? And at this point, the only play to play this game on console is PlayStation. So it should be somewhere on the list and it wasn't in the list. Mm-hmm. And that's because those numbers, I guess, Hasbro just didn't give those numbers over to PlayStation or to the Sarkana report or whatever. So it just wasn't there to begin with. Um, jumping to this story, Baldur's Gate 3 has well and truly established itself as one of the biggest surprise hits of the last decade. Touted as one of the best RPGs ever made and a shoo-in to win every single award at the Games, uh, Games Award Showcase. With that, uh, I'm sorry, with that kind of reputation and the constantly rising popularity of D&D, it's safe to assume that the game has brought home the bacon for Wizards of the Coast and Hasbro. Due to the staggering release of the game on PC and PlayStation with the Xbox version of the game still to come, it's, supposed to be, it's still supposed to be coming this year at some point. We'll see. Uh, accurate sales figures and revenue has been, little, has been a little difficult to get a hold of. Fortunately, a recent investor meeting led by Hasbro Chief Executive Officer Chris Cox has revealed just how much of the commercial success of Escape 3 has been. And it's increased the entire company's revenue by a whopping, whopping 40% during the year's Q3. So that's that's insane. Like, wow. so I'm, I'm looking at like other stories around the internet, and I'm seeing like wild ass headlines. Apparently, Baldur's Gate three will earn more than ten years worth of film for Hasbro. Like, as far as what they earn in licensing and stuff, that's so insane. Expect them to make yeah, expect them to make more than all of his film licensing in the past five to ten years, and we're gonna see more. Uh, Dungeons and Dragons type games apparently because of the success of this. Absolutely. I, I Absolutely. only hope they understand why it was successful and that yeah. yeah. Just pumping out Dungeons and Dragons of, you know, bullshit. Oh, yeah, unfortunately we're going to get a lot of that bullshit. Like, okay, so I, I looked uh, a little further into the article and there's a there's a best guess in terms of like what they might be pulling in money-wise. So yeah. the best guess we have right now is between 5.2 to 20. Point Two million dollars sales on PC thanks to info on the game's uh, Steam DB page. Mm. So that's a pretty wide, <laughs> like, and that's pretty boundary. good considering that it was already in early access for the past two to three years. Meaning, yeah, this isn't counting the people already. I'm guessing it wasn't free early access. Right, right. I think you had to pay for this to get in. So yeah, like it, it is in. Insane. And then that is only PC, so we're not even including the console sales to that. And so like, Xbox, you know, yeah, so yeah. this is insane. But, I mean, the game is really good. So, wait a minute, what was that? I just got a weird... Oh, that was weird. But yeah, the game is really good, so it's like, I get it. I get why it's doing so well, but to see it do... Or to at least... The speculation of how well it's doing is just like that's that's insane. Like I I really do wish we had the numbers because I think right now the best selling game of the year 
I think it still might be Harry Potter or Hogwarts Legacy. It's either that or Tears of Kingdom. Yeah, like that game sold ridiculous numbers. <laughs> so yeah, it's either that or Tears of the Kingdom. But um, oh. yeah. Are you looking it up right now? Uh, as of September 25th, it was Tears of the Kingdom. Uh, 18.5 okay. million? I don't know if that's yeah. dollars or copies. Oh. Oh, no. 18.5 million copies. And that was by June. I'm sure it's still... Jesus. Yeah. And then um, Hogwarts Legacy is behind that with 15 million. So... I don't okay. think they're going to sell an additional three million to surpass yeah, uh, no. Tears of yeah, Kingdom. No, no. Yeah, they're they're second place. Uh, then it's Diablo, then it's Starfield, Resident Evil, Final Fantasy, Street Fighter. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> Crazy. Hey, Amen. Yeah. All right. Uh, keeping on the train of selling, number four, Marvel Spider-Man 2's fastest-selling PlayStation Studio game. This comes from IGN by way of Wesley Inpool. So, Marvel Spider-Man 2 has enjoyed huge success, huge sales success, becoming the fastest-selling PlayStation Studio games over a single-day period. Insomniac's PlayStation 5 exclusive sold through more than 2.5 million copies in 24 hours. I just had that weird, it's this, it's that. Okay. Okay, there we go. Now I don't got other music playing in my ear. Mm. Um... Yeah, so that figure includes pre-order sales of individual units and units bundled with PS5. The sales milestone means Spider-Man 2 has overtaken Santa Monica Studios' God of War Ragnarok at the top of PlayStation's day one launch sales charts. So yeah, that's awesome. Again, that is to be expected because this is Spider-Man. This is one of PlayStation's biggest IPs. And Spider-Man is just a big IP in itself. And on top of that, the game itself is really good game and it's, it's technically by metacritic or open critic scoring it is the best game out of the three so it kind of makes sense everything is lined up for this to do incredibly well and it's doing incredibly well so yeah yeah that's awesome all right um before we get into less than awesome news hey you how you doing you good good do us a solid please like this video Subscribe to the channel and the notification bell. After you do those three things, we greatly appreciate you. I have a little burp there. We greatly appreciate you doing that, and we would ask that you do another thing for us. Jump over to your phone, turn on your podcast, and listen to this in podcast form. If you're already doing that, then jump over to your phone, computer, go to YouTube, watch the video, and then do the thing that I said earlier. Jump but yes, over to if someone you else's phone. There you go. Please don't give the phone back after you do this. Don't like just take it because that's that's legal. We're not we're not condoning so such action. But um, yes, oh, leave us a review if you are listening. No. <laughs> yes, leave us a review on our podcast or podcast service you're currently tuned in on. We'd also appreciate that. So thank you. Oh, also you can join our our conversation by going to our Discord at pressxnumber2start.com/discord. Yeah, do that. All right. Let's jump back in. Number five. Dreams and Little, Bla- Little Big Planet Studio Media Molecule is reportedly laying off 15 to 20% of staff. This comes from BGC by way of Chris Scullion. 
So this is unfortunate news. But um, yeah, so Dreams is a media molecule is laying off around 20 of its 135 employees. Um, this sucks. Uh, like a couple months ago, I think actually September, uh, it's a month ago. News. Golly, I just lost my track. Okay, so Media Molecule ended support for Dreams, which was released in early access April 2019 before officially launching in February 2020. So last month, when they said they're going to be ending support for Dreams, they also said that we're going to do project. So the idea in these layoffs is probably just a contraction of the studio to work on a, I guess, quote unquote, smaller project. So they're not going to need you know, they're not going to need a whatever specific yeah. role that came from dreams or whatever, you know? Yeah. As large as that. Yeah. Yeah. So it seems like that might be what's happening here with that, which it sucks for those people being laid off. But I don't think this is necessarily like doom and gloom of like, oh, no, like what's happening with with PlayStation Studios or whatever. I think this is just a restructure them. Exactly. Exactly. So, yeah, so that's that. You know, it sucks, as always, to, you know, have people being laid off in any industry. Game industry just happens to be, like, just real bad with it. But, yeah, uh, that's that. Number six. Waves of lays Oh, Jesus. Wave of layoffs <laughs> at PlayStation reported by developer of Unannounced Game. This comes from Rock Paper Shotgun. My way of... Uh... Wait a minute, Edward, Edward Evans Thurwin. Thurlwell. Thurwell. I said that name before. Yeah, okay, maybe he did. All that good stuff. Yeah, okay. So, um, so 2023's massive eradication of the games industry continues with reports of layoffs at Sony Interactive Entertainment and PlayStation Studios. It's unclear how extensive these layoffs are. Sony has yet to provide comment at the time of writing, but they appear to include staffs at PlayStation Visual Art Studio based in San Diego, which supported, which supports developers like The Last of Us creators Naughty Dog and Spider-Man 2 creator Insomniac. So this is a quote. Unfortunately, following the, a wave of layoffs last week was my Latin. No, wait. Unfortunately, following a wave, a wave of layoffs last week was my last at PlayStation. Okay. Reads, reads a LinkedIn. LinkedIn. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, from senior level designer and Ubisoft alumni, Daniel Bella, Bellamar. Bellamere, yeah. Bellamere, okay. Whose credits include Assassin's Creed Valhalla. While this is certainly not news I was hoping for, I'm grateful to have, to have had a chance to work among extremely talented colleagues on incredible projects, and I'm leaving with good memories of my time there. So, Bellamar has been at PlayStation for just five months, joining in May 2023 to work on an unannounced project with combat elements. So, I look they're at not, this. They're not going too much into the role of what they were developing, but it just, we're seeing notable people just leaving or being yeah. left unfortunately. I look at this and. I wonder if he was working on, but that's almost, 
I wonder if he was working on the Last of Us multiplayer game. I doubt. But like that's considered announced, just... though, right? Yeah. Yes, I doubt that. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, it that's is, interesting. It's sad to hear that uh, it feels like every week we're reading news about layoffs. At exactly. Some yeah, studio. yeah. 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 Man, I just because I I think I think inside PlayStation there might be a mm -hmm. sort of step back in terms of their live service stuff because I don't yeah. it just the news just didn't go Probably. so well and I or internally the games just ain't turning out to what they need right, to be. Right. Yeah, but it it is just weird to be laying off people when a game is in development. So I don't know. It could be that game is being canceled, but we just we don't yeah. know that side of the story, too. So, yeah. But yeah, again, it sucks. It just it sucks to, to see stuff and read stuff like this. Um, Number seven, Sony defends PS Plus price raises. This comes from IGN by way of, wait a minute, Wesley Pool. So this is the part two of last month's Sony raised the prices of all the PlayStation Plus 12, 12 months membership, 12 month subscription globally. So it was by roughly 30%. So the actual numbers to that, so the PlayStation Plus Essential went from $60 to $80. PS Plus Extra went from $99 to $135. And then PS Plus Premium went from $120 to $160. So yeah, that at the time, that sucks. That still sucks. Um, you know, there was a lot of speculation happening about the price raises and why they're doing that. So Sony came out to defend the price raises and said that they have to adjust for marketing market conditions, which Sure, everything gets expensive, so we have to pay more for the services, which is... I mean, we can't expect them to take a loss on things because customers want to keep on paying the same prices and, you know, their cost of materials and cost of labor to support whatever project or service is going up. Yeah, yeah. I, and I think I think that's the... That's the, the pull it... The, the, what, the push and pull yeah. of being a consumer to like the being a consumer in an mm -hmm. industry that is so quote unquote cutting edge. Yeah. Like, you know, there's going to be things like this in terms of like you have a subscription and there's also the idea of um, they are going to be introducing introducing game streaming. But I think that's mm -hmm. only going to be to the, uh, the premium, premium tier. tier. Yeah. So, you know. It's, Fair. It'd be it, nice if it stretched down to the extra, but I mean, yeah, you're paying I, more I, I for the service, so you're getting more. Exactly. Yeah, I, I think the the issue that I have with this, them them defending it, fine, they're going to do it because they need to defend the stuff because it's them asking mm -hmm. for more money, and you know we have to accept that or get off the service, or whatever. But I think. The the combination of them talking about cloud streaming, going to premium, and then having these price raises when essentially nothing is happening for the essential and extra tier, and it's mm -hmm. just the premium tier that we know of right now is getting something beneficial to like the extra money that we have to shell out. And it's just like, I mean, 
I think they announced these price increases before they announced the cloud streaming. Yeah, so they did. They did. That was right. my point when you know we were having a debate discussion offline about uh there's no tangible things that they're showing us to justify these price increases. Right. We're not going to know what's happening on the back end and we're not going to see right. announcements until they're ready much later. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. And I, I think that I think that's that is like kind of the push and pull of like, well, mm-hmm. okay, you're expecting me to pay this stuff with the promise of the services maintaining or possibly mm-hmm. getting better in the future. Hopefully there's not an ask for it more money in the future. But yeah, it is kind of like, you know, you I can mean, stick with the service and just wait yeah. and see. I mean, if people want to see more "quote unquote" higher quality games, they have to be able to offer more money to the studios. And once again, they can't just take a loss just to. Yeah. They can't operate at a loss until it succeeds, like Microsoft may have done yeah. with Game Pass in the very beginning. I mean, this this actually just goes beyond Microsoft. This is just the industry in itself, in that like PlayStation puts out, yeah. you know, triple A generally single player games and those are the games that don't necessarily make a lot of money like in the long run so it is thing of like for example spider-man is going to sell it what 2.5 million copies in the first 24 hours but in about actually in the spider-man is a special case because like i was gonna say like in a year how many copies are gonna be sold spider-man it'll still be selling fine because it's spider-man but like you know it's it just not going to make as much money as like a Call of Duty or like, of course. I mean, yeah, even no e- microtransactions yeah, or DLC, you know. Yeah, or even like a Halo Infinite when that's doing well, like that is just constantly giving you the microtransactions, like you just said. So it is a thing of like they they have to shell out a lot more money to create these mm-hmm. like crazy games that in the long run doesn't make as enough enough money as like a, a games of service thing. Yeah, but yeah. Yeah. Um, number eight. This is. This is. Ah, jeez. Ubisoft <laughs> Pirate Adventure Skull and Bones <laughs> delayed again. Now due early 2024. Also, a mysterious. How about they stop giving a date? Delayed. I. So this comes by way of Matt Wales. Yeah, I don't understand. I I don't so I, here's the thing how long how long was cyberpunk uh announced between when it was released and oh cyberpunk. a while yeah yeah a while cyberpunk initial let me see I'm I'm looking it up go ahead and yeah. say more things so so yeah so skull and bones has received a closed beta since Oh wait, no. I mean, let me read a little higher. Um, as part of its latest earnings report for the first half of the fiscal year 2023-2024, Ubisoft announced yet another delay for Skull and Bones. With the oh, 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 beleaguered pirate adventure now expected to arrive sometime in the first few months of 2024. Skull and Bones has been in development since 2013, but the that game is- has. Longer than <laughs> Cyberpunk. Cyberpunk was initially announced in 2013. And from what I've seen, 
Skull and Bones is nowhere near as ambitious <laughs> and large escape compared to uh, Cyberpunk 2077. If you saw the roll call for the number of Ubisoft studios when this game first starts up, oh my god. Yo. <laughs> Bro, this is wild. For what you actually do in the game, I don't know what's taking so long. I know we were joking around saying, hey, they turn it into a black flag too. They would need another three years. Yeah. I mean, it's still possible. They could just delay it another two more times, right? You got three years right there. At this point, I think they're laundering money. Like, I don't know what's going on. <laughs> what kind of tax incentives they have with uh, what country? They got a tax incentive for some country for a uh, uh, producing oh, this. Um, I don't remember where. Yeah, Singapore. I think it's Singapore. Is it Singapore? Man. Singapore is, is ringing in my head. But I'll continue ringing while you look for that. Uh, yeah. So Skull and Bones was in development since 2013, but the game has seen repeated delays following its official unveiling in 2017. Most recently, Ubisoft shifted the game's release from this March to an unspecified early point in fiscal year 2023-2024 in order to create a much more polished and balanced experience to build awareness. To build awareness. Everyone's aware of this game. No one's excited for it. Mm -hmm. That's the problem. <laughs> so Skull and Bones has received a closed beta since then, but word on a revised release date has remained conspicuously absent. And Ubisoft has now announced a delay into Q4 oh, of wow. its current fiscal year, meaning okay. it's expected to arrive sometime in uh, January to March 2024 period. So Say it's been developing saying. since 2013. And yes, they have an agreement with the Singapore government. That's why mm -hmm. it has to come out, quote unquote, it has mm -hmm. to come out. But it was originally supposed to come out back in late 2018, then 2019, then March 2020, now 2023, and now we're going back to 24. Like, yikes, man! Yikes! I, I really, <laughs> I wonder if uh, like some of the details of the agreement are made public as to why they have to. Uh, uh, yeah, they got generous subsidies and was required to hit a certain hiring quota. And launch original IPs in the next few years. Make it, yeah. So, but they they've. I I wonder if they had a time frame as far as uh, actually releasing a game. So they have subsidies and they had a you know a hiring quota. Mm. And it says launching original IPs. I, I don't know. I I really want to see the uh, documents that they have <laughs> with the Singapore government. This is. What what kind of money? Yeah. What kind of subsidies are these? I didn't know. I don't uh, know. Singapore has the type of money to be just. Well, I think this is. I would. I would imagine this is probably their first step into like game development. They just unfortunately uh, picked wrong developer to go, or the wrong publisher to go. <laughs> I don't know if it's the wrong publisher or just the wrong idea for the game, but. This is going to be a tangent, but I really hate how games are looked at like a money machine now, and now they're min-maxing what makes a game, what make you know what makes money in terms of gaming in term instead of what makes a game fun. They figure yeah. out the fun part later and just hope 
you yeah. know, that people are sucked in. It's because the people who are making decisions aren't gamers. They're they're business, business people. people. Yeah. And they're like, OK, well, this thing, this product can make us money. So let us refine the product to make more money off of the product. And it's just like, well, the product you're talking about is Mario Wonder. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> so it's just, you know. These must be first time coders or something. Why this game is taking so long? Because the graphics ain't cutting edge. I mean, and the action isn't all there. I wouldn't be surprised if you think about it. Like, this is a essentially an Assassin's Creed product, and from what we have been, you know, seeing, mm. Assassin like they're they're making like fifteen different Assassin's Creed games, so they are going to be hiring new people to cover all this stuff. So, like, I can imagine that. Skull and Bones was like D tier, like a game. So it, the people who are working on it probably aren't the like legends who've been like are working on like Mirage or yeah. whatever the big Assassin's Creed game. Yeah. But yeah, the, the other side to the story is that there is a mysterious game that is also being delayed. Uh, I'm <laughs> sorry, mysterious big game that's also being delayed. So uh, people, jumped to Star Wars Outlaw, Outlaw as that big game that's being delayed. And I feel like the last time we saw that, there wasn't a release date tied to that game. So I don't necessarily feel like that is the game that's being delayed. I, I actually, I think, I think it's gonna, supposed to come out in 2024. But yeah, I, I think it just might be another Assassin's Creed game that's going to be delayed. Because I feel like I don't, I, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I, I just feel like it's going to be Assassin's Creed versus the Star Wars Outlaws because there's no ties to Star Wars being affected by this other than, well, that's a big game and they're saying a the big game's going to be delayed, but maybe it's that. I just, I don't think that's it. So, yeah. I mean, I got nothing on this. I, I guess we'll see Skull and Bones whenever it happens or. Facebook will buy so Ubisoft it, or something. It, it, it looks like they've had a. Uh, I didn't realize we missed this, but they had a closed beta back in a uh, late August, early. No, late August, and this time it had no NDA. So next time it comes up, I can openly mm. talk about what I've played in this game because yeah. Boy. But we're gonna move on right now. Yeah, we're gonna move on. All right. Um, speaking of moving on. We are moving on to the games we have played. Okay. Uh, so this is just a quick little announcement. We have played and beat Spider-Man 2. Well, I so mean, by the time be... the review comes out, I'll, I have beat it. But I think I may have like an hour or two to go in the game. Oh, I thought you already... You... Okay. Yes. Mm -hmm. By the time we review the game, by the time you see us talk about the game in a formal setting, all of us would have beaten the game. And potentially, we'll have a returning uh what founder i don't know what the hell to call it <laughs> we'll have returning yeah founding father slash guest to, to talk about the game as well but um yeah so we're not gonna talk about spider-man 2 i'm sorry i'm sorry it's a great game the ending is wonderful and the setups the the little breadcrumbs that they leave in the ending good it's gonna be a good time in the future for that game so yeah, but what we're actually going to talk about is Super Mario Wonder. 
Um, Sean, go ahead and, and, and tell us your uh, updated thoughts on the game. Cause I also have thoughts on the game as well. Um, I don't think this game will get nominated. Maybe it will. Nah, nah, that's way too much competition. You got Tears of the Kingdom. It does Mario well. Mm -hmm. I will say that. Um, It doesn't necessarily reinvent Mario, but it brings new things to the table as far as the experience. And I don't think anybody would be upset if they played it. If you don't like, I was talking to Cam earlier. And he was like, eh, I don't really like platformers. I'm like, it's not going to convert you. But if you do yeah. like this style of games, it, you know, it's hot shit. Um, yeah. Past that, I'm almost done with the game. I think I'm on the final world minus, you know, the special, super special world, you know, whatever. Those are hard as hell. Mm-hmm. But uh, I don't regret getting it. I'm still awesome. enjoying my okay. time with it. Yeah. Yeah, I... I am on world two or three. How many worlds are there? Six? So you have the worlds that are surrounding Petal World yeah. in the middle and Bowser yeah. in the middle. So it's it's kind of weird. You have Petal Island, okay. which isn't really considered its own number world. world. Yeah. But it has uh, levels for you to beat. Okay. So they did some weird things in terms of structure. Yeah. Okay, okay. So yeah, I'm on like world two or three, and I am right there with you. I think for a Mario game, this is a phenomenal Mario game. This is but I Mario. also Yeah, exactly. But like and like my experience with Mario is very limited in that like I let me really exactly that right. Yeah, like I've I think I've played because like I'm a I'm a Sonic kid. When I grew up, I played Sonic. Like that was my uh platformer of choice. So mistakes were made okay mistakes were made. <laughs> I, I get it i understand all right but like jumping into it now and yeah. playing oh yeah I, I played um new super mario brothers whatever yeah, that yeah. yeah whenever they did that aesthetic yeah exactly yeah yeah so like jumping into this it was very interesting to like have to remember like oh this is a this is how mario plays this is how mario works and like i don't have that built-in uh knowledge so yeah so everything is just like okay the the jumping the running the holding y and then like pressing a or whatever that is to jump like that stuff kind of felt a little weird to me but like i kind of slowly like got adjusted to it but beyond that beyond all that playing the game this game is absolutely wonderful yes wonder wonderful like the the twists and turns that you can take in a single stage is just really just fun it will make you smile like it's just like oh this is this is actually cool the thing that i'm doing right now and i think i as much as i love it i have to understand that this is you know technically a kid's game and like Ah. the thing that i I just say it's kid friendly. Uh, okay, kid friendly. As far as aesthetic, because the difficulty level is still there. Yeah, that's true. That's true. That's true. Like I just, I just wished that it pushed the, the, the not craziness, but like the different things you can do in this age. I wish it pushed yeah. it a little further because it is just like, oh, I can move a pipe. Oh, that's cool. And then you move a pipe, and it takes you to somewhere else. Like, oh, that's really cool. 
But I just I just wish it took it like a little step further. But beyond that, I think uh, I'm having still a good time. I still got to make it accessible for everybody. But that, exactly, I think that's exactly. what the, uh, the secret, you know, because I think this is the first time they've put like difficulty levels mm-hmm. on the stages for you to see before you actually get into it. So, yeah, I would say uh, I don't know if you're asking for more difficulty or more creativity. No, I'm. <laughs> More I hate challenge. to say that I'm asking for more. Uh, no, I hate to say that I'm asking for more creativity from Mario Wonder, and yeah. I I think that's kind of where I am. Like, then again, I think it just you got to get further into it, it as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think I have to just get accustomed to what this game is, and then what the quote unquote secrets are supposed to be, and that like that can help build my understanding of the game better. But like. Overall, like I am having a really good time with this game, and it, it is like I am also happy that I purchased this game because it was very much so like eh, it's a Mario, it's a two D Mario. Yeah. I, the last two D Mario I played, it was fine, but it wasn't a great time for me. So I don't know about this, but like hearing all the people talk about, hear about you talking about it too, it's like okay, I'll give this a try, and it's definitely worth it. Definitely, I would compare it to a when you say it's a kids game, I would compare it to like in the vein of a Pixar movie being a quote unquote kids movie. Yes. Yeah, it is, but there are things yeah. there for adults well. slash older people slash you know right. hardcore people playing Mario. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure, definitely. Um, and then the last thing that I want to talk about is a beta that dropped for a little game called The Finals. If you don't know what The Finals is, I'm about to show a trailer. So you can get a good understanding of what this game is. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. For the listeners. So the, and that looks like Metal Gear Solid Snake Eater again. No, oh, wait. Oh, no, no, no. Oh, We're on a delay. Be. Never mind. Oh, okay. <laughs> wait, wait a minute. <laughs> what? <laughs> so, yeah. The finals is a 3v3v3 first person shooter. Not a battle royale. It is a the the primary objective of the game is a um, objective based uh, play style where you are going for cash. You grab the cash and you have to deposit the cash. I'll uh, extract the cash. It's not an extraction shooter, but you do extract stuff out of the game to win the game. Essentially, um, the main draw behind this game when we first saw it is that the environments are fully destructible like you can put holes in walls to create your own paths like uh when i was playing this i got into a fight with a stairwell but by the time i killed the guy (laughs) the stairwell was barely a stair (laughs) but um i think moment to moment stuff like that is really cool i think this has the game has a lot of different equipment that allow you to do things in the game so it creates that like water cooler stuff because just like oh i use this foam grenade to create a wall and then like like in the trailer i use a foam grenade to create a wall and then i saw there's people yeah. above me so i threw a grenade up there and i blew the wall they dropped down and i killed them and ha 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 i had a great time um me personally i didn't have a great time playing this game uh Man. the issue is when you look at a first person shooter at this point you either you, generally, you compare it to the last first-person shooter you've played or the one that you've played a majority of the time. So it could be Apex. It could be Halo, maybe. 
generally it's Call of Duty. So me, I'm comparing this to Call of Duty. And I think that's ultimately what kills the game for me. The L2 is aim, R2 is fire. In Call of Duty, your L1 or R1 will throw a tack grenade or whatever that you have. In the finals, you have to go through a menu to pick a grenade before throwing the grenade. I feel, which, like, I feel like there's something missing there. Maybe you didn't figure out something. That can't be. So I actually like I never want you to use grenades. It, I went back and I looked into it and it was just like, yeah, no, you have to go through a menu. Before. Like you can't just you can't select a grenade, have it select and just like tap the R1 to throw it. Like it will pull up the menu. You have to click over to it and throw it. And it's just like, why is this? Why I was this set it up be like this? that on the PC? And is, is it just lack of a. Uh... Lack of buttons, like all all the yeah. buttons utilized or something. But like that that could that could possibly be it. But like at the same time, it is a thing of there's no way they should have done that. <laughs> like they should have figured out something else for it. But How does that's somebody play test too. this and be like, yeah, this feels great. Yeah, yeah. But like another thing, another problem too is that like this feels like a PC game ported to console. And you feel that the most when you are aiming and shooting at a person because the aiming on controller feels a little stilted. It, it feels a, a little heavy, heavier than it should be, especially at the time I was using the pistol. And it's yeah. like, ah, I should be able to swing this thing around like it's a third leg or something. But no, it's like mm. it's it's dragging. Yeah. So it's just like, what's happening here? And then. I think they do a good job of balancing how long it takes to kill a person mm-hmm. because it doesn't take an attorney like Apex Legends. You know what I mean? <laughs> no, you're just but yeah, it, <laughs> it takes a, it's a it's a shorter time from Apex Legends to kill a person, but a longer time than like Call of Duty. So it's like yeah. in between there. Something. Yeah. And I think that in combination with the 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 weapon, like aiming and firing kind of creates a weird like middle ground of like i'm hitting this person they're not dying but the aiming is just doesn't feel good and the other side to this which they did this same thing with the beta for call of duty modern warfare 3 and i feel like they need to change this give us guns that are a spectrum of different like quality so you can have a gun with iron sight you can have a gun with like a red dot you could have a gun with a like uh like a, a three times scope or whatever like give us a couple of stuff like in the finals of beta they give you the first gun they give you is a pistol and like an ak-47 and both of them are not fun to play with so it just it's just it's just things on top on top of things on top of things that just makes the experience like just not great uh when i was fighting someone their kill cameras show that their whatever gun they were using actually had a scope on it. So it does seem like you can put attachments on the weapons or maybe that whatever that weapon is comes with an attachment to it. But there is that at least to look forward to. But again, you know, my experience comes from playing the start of the game, which everyone's going to do. And it just wasn't fun. Like, I, I really like the destructible environments. But beyond that, there was no other reason for me to play the game. 
Um, it being an objective-based game, I think, is also an issue in that when everyone jumps into this game, because this game is supposed to be quote unquote free, everyone's gonna come with their perspective of team deathmatch. Yeah. So people are gonna be killing each other, but not necessarily doing the objectives, and you need to do the objectives to win. I mean so it is they don't like, do the objectives in Call of Duty now. So I mean they don't. They don't because it is like just team deathmatch no matter what it is. <laughs> so it is a thing of just like you know, you kind of have to adjust for that. I mean, they could possibly just put in a team deathmatch thing to like satiate those people. And then, you know, once they get better with the actual game, they might move on to a different mode and whatever. But yeah, overall, I think the aesthetic of the game is cool. I think the destructibility of the environment is cool. I just don't think the gameplay, I don't think the, the control stuff is all that great. Also, you can't change your controls, which sucks. Oh, automatically def- makes six out of ten. Definitely for you, yeah. Um, exactly, exactly. I, I may try to boot it up again for those listening wondering why I have no thoughts on it. I was interested in it, but uh tried to boot it up like three or four times and it crashed every time. I didn't even get to like... I got to the splash screen where you would hit X to continue and then it would just crash. Yeah. 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 I mean, I'll, I'll attempt it again. It's not great. It's not great. So yeah, um, that's us. Um, again, we will be having a Spider-Man 2 review sometime soon. Mm. But that's it. That has been another episode of Press X Dark Gamers Digest. We hope you enjoyed this episode as much as we enjoyed making it. Don't forget, like the video, subscribe to the channel, hit the notification bell. Don't forget, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or podcast services you are currently tuned in on if you are listening to us and not watching us. But if you are doing that, just do both because the views would really help us get pizza. Yeah. yeah, we're doing all this for pizza, literally all this for pizza. Um, yeah, yeah, that's that's kind of it. That's that's the episode. So you you take care, you be safe, play some games, wash your hands, say hi to your family, do that. How your mom's in there? Bye. <laughs>